0: Secrets to Real Estate Investing, episode 78. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. And today we've got an awesome gentleman that I just heard speak at Justin Williams Flip Hacking Live event a couple weeks ago. And I was so impressed with him and his life story and accomplishments. I couldn't wait to have him on my podcast to have him share his life story and experience and inspire all of you. So with that, welcome to the show, Mr. Mark Dennis.
1: Thank you very much, Holly. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So glad that you took time out of your busy schedule there. Hey, would you give our listeners an inside look at your background and your very fascinating life story?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, um, I had the good fortune of uh, playing in the NFL for about ten years. That was what I did for the first ten years of my working life. Um, I, I went and played uh, football at, at University of Illinois and got drafted by the Miami Dolphins. And I played there for uh, for seven games or seven years, and played a year in Cincinnati, and then I also played two years with the Carolina Panthers. So, um, I started over sixty games and a bunch of playoff games, and so it was a, it was a great way to make a living. Uh, we like right out of school. It was like living it. It's truly living a dream.
0: Awesome. I always think professional athletes like have this big risk of like getting injured and having their whole livelihood just vanish in a second. Was that a concern for you
1: or? Oh, you absolutely. Oh, yeah. Right. There, you know, especially in the NFL, there's, there's a, there's a hundred percent injury rate in the NFL. That just, that's just the way it is. At some point during every season you get hurt. Um, and actually at the end of my second year, um, I, uh, completely blew out my knee and that could have been the end of it. Really. Um, it was that, it was that off season after I rehabbed it, the following off season, I actually went back and got my, my MBA while I was playing in the NFL over the next few years. And I, I was always trying to, it, it, se- it always seemed like my pretend land or my pretend life. And so I was trying to prepare myself as well as I could for life because, the reality is it's going to, you know, 10 years is a long career. And, um, at some point it's going to end. You just don't ever know exactly when it's going to, when it's going to end. So, um, yep, it's a very, it's a very real prospect. And we tried to, uh, try, tried to mitigate it as much as possible.
0: Awesome. So you got an MBA then you completed that? Or you... I did. Yeah. Awesome. I've got an MBA
1: from Florida International University. Yeah. So.
0: Wow. Congratulations. So, so when your pro football career, came to an end, what did you do next?
1: So, you know, actually uh, the last two years I was playing in the NFL, in the off season I was working as a commercial real estate agent. Um, And I was trying to get uh, a local company called Comdisco, who they've since gone bankrupt, Um, but I was trying to get them as um, as a client. And one of the executives there that I was talking to said, you know, you're not going to get our business because we have long-term relationship, but we really like you and we want to hire you. So I ended up um, going to work for them for about four years. Um, I've got a background in finance, and so it was they were a technology leasing company, so I spent uh, quite a bit of time doing uh, doing different special projects sort of around technology leasing. And, uh, we, we actually built an online marketplace early when the internet just sort of was taken off. And so it was a lot of fun stuff. Um, after that, I, I, I left there and had my own small sort of CFO in a box business for, uh, for small businesses for a few years. And then I also after you know, I shut that down and, and I, I ended up working, uh, in corporate jobs, um, for several years in a, in, in, commercial real estate or finance or, uh, or in that, in that area. And, um, it just, I was trying to find something that I loved as much as football and, um, and I never found it until I got like fully all the way into real estate.
0: Okay. And then how, what happened next and how did you discover you know, residential real estate, and,
1: sure. and what you're doing now. Yeah, so um, my wife and I started buying rentals for our own account um, back in 2012, and that was a learning process. Um, she came by it sort of naturally in that her dad had actually started buying rental properties in Denver in the late 70s and early 80s. So when she was when she was little young, like I've got a four year old, so she goes to, on a bunch of job sites with me now. So when Kath, my wife Kathy was that age, she was going to doing the same thing with her dad. Uh, so she had a background in it. Uh, we started buying rentals and just um, didn't really know what we were doing and kind of figured it out along the way. And um, as we tried to continue to grow our portfolio, uh, we ended up finding deals that really were best suited as flips. So, um, that's, that's sort of where that part of the business came in. And I did just enough on the side that made it like, gosh, I really wish I could do this full time. And so, um, that's sort of how I came to it.
0: Interesting. So tell us about your first flip, your first deal.
1: You know what? It was, um, um it was a, it was a deal where uh, we knew we knew the person that owned the owned the property and he had inherited it from his parents um and one reason or another had failed to pay the property taxes and he was about to lose it uh to a property tax sale oh. and um and it, it was um um he the house was in kind of rough shape and hadn't been cared for. And there was a lot of stuff in there. We well, won't go so far as to say it was a hoarder house, but there was a lot of stuff in there. Um, and so what we did is we went out and we marketed it as an off, you know, as an off market property, found a, uh, found a buyer for it. And so it was uh, sort of, it would be equivalent to doing a hotel. What's what everybody talks about a hotel today. Cause we, we ended up selling it to a, a retail buyer at a, at a discount. Um, but in the process, we we're able to make $20,000 without really ever, uh, we did a, you know, this was far enough back that we, we did a dry clothes. We did a dou- double, double clothes and did a dry clothes in the first one. So we had no money in the deal and walked away with a check at the end of the day for $20,000 and, and sort of like light bulbs started going off like, wow, this is fun and, and profitable.
0: So did you do anything to the house?
1: Um, so I tried, so the, the real estate contract that we were using said I had to leave it in broom, broom swept condition, kind of standard uh, terminology. Um, I thought I might be able to get away with it a little bit less than that. Um, it didn't, it didn't go so well. So I had a hold back at closing and, um, when it was all said and done, we went and I'm like, I'll clean it up. No problem. I hired a couple guys when it was all said and done. We ended up taking three dumpsters full of stuff out there. It was amazing how much stuff was stuffed into the nooks and crannies. Um, so yeah, we took three dumpsters of stuff out there and got it into broom swept conditioning.
0: Okay. But you didn't do any repairs. You just no. got the trash out.
1: Just got so the trash
0: $20, out. $20,000 with no money in the deal. That is an awesome first it, story. Isn't that a great
1: deal? <laughs> it's a great deal. I to... love it. It's exciting.
0: Yeah. Cool. And was this deal, you're in Chicago now, right?
1: This is, yeah, we're in Chicago. Yep.
0: And is that where the deal was too?
1: It was. Yeah. It was, okay. in, it was one of the Chicago suburbs.
0: Okay. Interesting. And um, how many deals have you done since that time
1: would you say? Well, this last year we did about 20 deals. And so, um, it was kind of slow going from there. Um, and, and very honestly, um, the conversation w- w- went around like, geez, I wish I could do this full time. And it was a little bit scary. And, and we, you know, we, we were going out on a lot, looking at a lot of houses going out on MLS anytime it was a, a, a deal, it was already under contract by the time we got there. Geez, what do we need to do to find those deals beforehand? That's sort of where you come across the idea of marketing and doing direct mail. Um, wow, you know, doing that's a big commitment. That's when, uh, in all honesty, I had a um, I had a really um, cool God moment at church um, where I physically felt like I got punched in the stomach, and um, and and it was really made clear to me that I needed to be doing this full time. And, um, I wrestled against it and finally, um, and finally about six months later, I was actually in, in it full time. And so we started, uh, we started marketing and this is, so this goes back about two years now. Um, we started marketing, uh, doing direct mail, started our first mail list was out to absentee owners and, um, and, and holy smokes, people actually started calling us back and had to figure it out on the fly. And then it's, uh, it's been sort of, uh, nonstop since then.
0: That's awesome. So I love that that you're a spiritual man cuz I'm a religious person too and I think I think that's great. So you you really felt led to, oh, to do this. Oh, absolutely.
1: And and so it was um it, it truly our our um our, our belief in in God and Jesus is is the foundation of of our business, and it is, um, you know, really uh, a major part of what our why is building a business that brings glory to God and and helps us to, um, you know, to fund the kingdom by faithfully tithing.
0: I love it. That's fantastic. And yeah. no, no matter what someone's religion is, I mean, I just have so much respect for you, and that you can publicly state that—that's fantastic. And it makes me, you know, want to do business with someone like you all the more because you're you're going to have a um, lot stronger ethics and probably moral code than some of the people out sure. there. So I think sure. that's great that you you put that out there, and it probably make sellers excited to do business with you too they're going to be a lot more comfortable with you than some shyster shark out sure, to, yeah. I think,
1: it, <laughs> I think it's helped us I think it's helped us in 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 certain situations where it was um you know apples to apples and and so that's a that's an intangible that um I, you know what I, I I carry it on my you know I wear it on my sleeve pretty pretty comfortably and I'm pretty out there and open about it uh with pretty much everybody that I do business with and and so I'm comfortable comfortable with that.
0: I love it. All right. Why don't you tell us, if you don't mind sharing, um, maybe what one of your least profitable or worst deals that you've ever done is,
1: or maybe so, you learned more than you yeah. made more. <laughs> <laughs> so fortunately, um, it wasn't a big loss, um, but it, it a, a big part of this business is trying different things. Hey, does this work? Does that work? Um, and I had an opportunity in one of the Northern suburbs of Chicago that was, that's a very, um, very high-end um, neighborhood. And it was a, it was a big house that was a teardown house. And, um, you know, in this, in this neighborhood, it was, um, um, you know, it was a teardown that was that that was $700,000 teardown, um, because the houses that they're putting up around there are $3 million houses. Um, and so I, I had a great rapport with the, with the property owners and, um, I put a a fair amount of, uh, earnest money down, a couple thousand dollars. And, um, my, the trick for me, I had plenty of time. The trick for me was finding the right buyer. That's where you run into the rub here is, um, finding the right buyer it doesn't always agree with a, a finite uh, timeline. And so I, I basically got to a point where, um, I wasn't going to find a buyer in the time that I needed to. And there was some escalating earnest money over time as well. And so at some point I just, I had a, you know, I had a very direct conversation with, uh, with the sellers who sort of stepped aside from the attorneys and, and, uh, and said, here's the deal. I'm, I'm like, it's just not going to work. And I, and, you know, um, I, and I needed to let them have the earnest money, so um, that was um, a painful experience. But it was very profitable for me because now it helps me realize, like, geez, you know what? That's not the space that I want to play in. The play, the space that I want to play in, and that's profitable for me. And for me here in Chicago right now is is sort of a is an ARV of two hundred and fifty or below, and and we're so we're looking for you know looking for and building projects for uh, first time home buyers.
0: Hmm. Okay. And so I would say from what you said that that's at or below the median home price in the area then, right?
1: I think so. Yeah. I think the median home price is probably closer to 350,
0: All right. So then do you have a lot more demand in that price point than you would if you were at a higher price point? Is that
1: why you <sighs> stick to that? So yeah, so here in Chicago, if you if you're at a million dollars or more, there's there's a couple years of inventory that's out there. Um, part of it is uh, the economy here. Part of it is our government. Uh, there's a pretty big exodus of uh, of higher income people out of out of Illinois. So that million dollar range is is just they just sitting. Um, If you go down sort of into the next section of, let's say, you know, um, 400 to to a million there, you're dealing with a little bit different buyer and they're really, really picky And those houses. Um, There's a lot of seasonality to it. And, and so those houses are moving a little bit slower. Their days on market is slower where I found a lot of success here in Chicago is that, like I said, about the two fifty or below market, um, those houses, um, I would say my average day average days on market is right around 30 days. Um, and, and the, the thing is, is that the, at that price point, there's no new inventory that's come on the market because the builders, um, the ground up builders cannot, um, make money building there right now. Um, those same, properties are um are properties where that oftentimes we call them grandma houses right that that um it's an older person or couple that are either moving out or have passed away and the house needs to be updated it's a good solid house um so what we really concentrate on is on the inside they're in good neighborhoods typically with good schools on the inside when you walk in your your experience is that of new construction Um, wow and on the outside it's still it's still an older house but it's a good solid house in a good neighborhood.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love that business plan. Was that business plan easy for you up front or did it take you a bit of trial and error before you
1: it's a bit of trial yeah. it's a little bit of trial and error and and finding out um what's selling what's not selling uh, part of my first year in the business i worked basically as an acquisitions manager for a real estate fund um and they they were doing higher end stuff and as i was out trying as i was out acquiring stuff for them and um i and seeing what happened to it so i um and I kind of pushed them down, down the hill as well. Um, and, and so I don't, obviously I don't work with them anymore. Um, we have a great relationship and I still sell some houses to them. Um, but it's, um, um, it, so I got to learn on somebody else's dime. That was, that was helpful as well.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, I think that's a great way to go that you can learn the business on someone else's dime getting paid to learn it. That's (laughs) awesome. And now you sell homes to them. So it still works. Yeah. I met another, um couple of guys at the same event that we were at at justin williams event and they you know would tie up houses and sell them to a hedge fund they just have their whole little pipelines in alabama i think so yeah that's cool great love it
1: all you gotta do is find that one good buyer right
0: yep just takes one Yeah. Okay. Well, so we we talked about your first deal and, you know, your learning deal or maybe your worst deal. Tell Mm -hmm. us about your best deal.
1: Well, you know what? I would say the two best ones, um, the, um, my, my best actual flip is one that, um, I'm going to close on Monday. Um, it's a, a deal that we got, uh, from word of mouth, personal networking. Um, we, um, We were able to get it at a a good price. And um, it was a, a, I've heard this term a while back as a CPA, right? It's a carpet paint appliance. Uh, So it's a CPA flip and um, we're going to end up making about $70,000 on that flip. So it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's going to be our gross profit number. That's, that, that blows me away. Um, And it's, uh, it's really exciting and it makes you, it kind of spoils you, right? Because that's sort of your bar, right? Then you go looking for $70,000 deals and the reality is that that's not going to happen all the time, but boy, we, we keep looking for them.
0: Right, and then you appreciate him, and you're thankful oh, yeah. for him, right? <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, awesome. that, that is awesome. I'm so excited for you that happened. I've never heard that term, CPA. I like CPA that. I'm going to start right? using that. I hear they just call it paint and carpet, but I like that, CPA. I used yeah, to CPA be a CPA, flip. but nothing with nothing <laughs> with that, so that's cool.
1: You know, and in and, and all seriousness, the, probably one of the most exciting things um, about uh, this flip is my acquisitions manager. It was through her network that it came to her, um, so she's going to get a double share on on her commission off this this project, and that's going to be a you know that's going to be a significant number, and and uh, I, I'm I'm excited to write that check for. Her.
0: That's awesome. And it's going to motivate her to try and get more, right? Yeah, absolutely. What gets rewarded gets repeated. That's how, whether it's you're training a a child or a dog or an acquisition center or whatever, the more you reward your people, the more they're going to do it. So that's awesome. That's great that you know that and you act on that. Okay. So that was, um, one of your best deals. Tell us about like the, how your has transition and what you're focusing on and working on now too.
1: Sure. So, um, you know, we started off, uh, doing, like I said, uh, doing direct mail. Uh, we, uh, over the last six months have really, uh, we've transitioned out of doing direct mail and doing exclusively online advertising. So the big thing there is when you're doing direct mail, you're mailing to a specific demographic and hoping to find, uh, motivation. When you're doing the online advertising, you're, you're marketing to motivation and you have to figure out ways to monetize the situations that come at you. Um, we have found that, uh, for us, it's a bet- much better model to a uh, market to motivation and, um, our, we've gotten more deals uh, off of less leads and they've been more profitable. Um, and, and so we're working on building out some more, uh, ways to monetize different situations that we, that we come across, um, so that we don't just have to like not use those at all. Um, and, and. But it's yeah. That's that's been the biggest change I would say over the last six months. The other thing I would say is, as we've seen the market uh, increase, it's harder to it's harder to purchase a property that you can wholesale. Um, the because sellers re- realize that they can get more more than uh, than before. And so we saw that happen um, this summer where we were in a house and I recognized that, gosh, you know what? I can, um, I, I'm not going to be able to get this house at a, at a price that will make sense to that I could turn around and sell it to another rehabber, but I can do the rehab myself and make a, Twenty-five thousand dollars profit. Um, at that point, I wasn't doing very m- many rehabs, so I I said, "Well, you know what? We'll do it." And I gave her the, I, you know, I I negotiated as low a price as I knew she could go, and then I left and I started making phone calls and try and finding a private lender that would that would work with us.
0: Great. That's awesome. So have you finished that deal or are you still
1: Yep, doing that it? deal? Yeah, that deal was, um, we were, you know, it, that again, that was a carpet paint appliance. We were in and out of there in two and a half weeks. Um, wow. <laughs> and we, uh, we got, had it on the market and again, it was a good price point. It was $135,000, um, and four bedroom house on a little lot, um, and we ha- we got it under mar- uh, under contract in about thirty days. Um, what we What we realized though, was we had the, we had a 90 day hold problem because it was an FHA loan. Yes. So Yeah. So that's,
0: (laughs) I've had that many times.
1: (laughs) Right. And so we tried to work around, work around it. Hey, we'll rent it to you until we, and, and that buyer, I think, um, had some buyer's remorse. And so she just canceled the deal. Okay. No problem. We put it back on the market and, um, had it under contract in five days to a cash buyer and it ended up working out great. So, um, but again, for them, uh, the cash buyer was, uh, was a company that is going to use it as a rental. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause uh, probably the rents are pretty good for, yeah,
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a college town too as well. So, um, yeah, so we, but yeah, with just that we made, you know, we we were able to do that and make, make a $25,000, uh, gross profit margin. And, um, let's 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 do a bunch of those
0: fantastic yeah i've i mean thankfully i mean i've been in this business almost 10 years and we had that 90 day flip rule a lot that would mm-hmm. you know impact us so if you're lucky enough to get the rehab done fast and get it back out there but now at least here in california we have a lot of conventional loan products that also have a really low down requirement down, yeah but you know, we run into the issue of FHA takes lower credit scores than some of the conventional programs that are available to us here. So I had that same thing. I had someone waiting in the wings on a, it was a $200,000 house, which is low prices, inland an sure. hour or two from here. And I had that person waiting, you know, in the wings for that 90 right. day, but someone else came in earlier with conventional. So I, oh, well, sorry, you guys lost it.
1: Sure. So. so we had that, we had that situation again, uh, a, a little bit later on. And what we did was we, um, we signed the contract and they did the inspection. So naturally they come back to you with, here's what we want from the inspection. Um, And so I used that opportunity to say, okay, here's the deal. We're going to run into this problem. I'll agree to those things, but you have to agree to re-sign the contract. And, you know, it was like in 15 or 18 days Mm -hmm. so that it's on day 91 in order for me to do that. And, And so that worked out well.
0: That's a great strategy. Great tip, listeners. Um, I've, I've never heard that one. That's really good because I've never gone through the inspection in advance. We just say, hey, we'll write up a contract, but know that we've got to redo a new contract on day 91. But I love that, doing the yeah. inspection, getting them all committed. Yeah, you got
1: to get them. They get, they yeah. get them mentally put their furniture in their spots and everything. So yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Give them a tape measure. Look, measure, you know, get it all planned <laughs> out. I love it. That's fantastic. Great idea. Um for your online advertising do you do Facebook ads pay per click or what is it that you do if you
1: don't We care? do we we are the the lion's share of it is our is pay per click um we we work pretty hard on being um you know one or two on the uh, when you do the search terms here in the Chicago market um and we do some Facebook we're experimenting with with Facebook right now and it's it's as much as anything else because the same people that are doing those searches are going to end up seeing them also on Facebook just because of the lookalike audiences that we're creating on Facebook. And, and so it, it's reinforcement.
0: Yep, and it's okay. good. And sometimes people have to see something 10 times before they click. Right. I hear it like it used to be seven to nine times. And that's why when you'd flip through a magazine like we had those in the old days, you'd see dub soap on three pages in a row or whatever. <laughs> okay, right. but, but now I've heard it's as high as like 15 times. Someone might have to see something before they finally click it. You know, it just has to keep hitting, sure. and hitting them. So you're getting that repeat branding every time that they, um, they
1: see right. it. The the neat thing with Facebook too is is there is a component where once they do click on the ad, then you can engage in a conversation with them as well through yes. Messenger. Yeah. Um, and so those those leads that come to us through Facebook, I think um, we've we've worked sort of started to work through the process on a couple of them. I think the gestation period on the Facebook ads is going to be a little bit longer than the pay per click ads. If somebody's searching on pay per click at three o'clock in the morning, they they really want to sell their house. So you're yeah. going to have a little bit more speed with those leads.
0: They're ready to take action. Or Facebook, you're hitting them before they might be ready. But the great thing about that is even if they're a longer gestation period, you were the first one, hopefully. That they say, right. oh, maybe I should sell my mom's house. Yeah, you know, it's just sitting there. Sure. I need to clean that out. Maybe... Mark can help me get it cleaned out. And right. Take well it then they start hands.
1: they start seeing the the videos that we're doing too. So they'll see like hey we took this house and it looked like this and now it looks like this. And so we try to um we try to put a video out with every you know a couple of videos at least with with every project that we do.
0: Awesome, love it. You have been so great. You shared so many great ideas and things I hadn't even heard. That's that's awesome. I really appreciate your time today. Oh no well, problem. Uh,
1: I wish I, I wish I could tell you that um, that it's it, any of it is really original. Um, it's all stuff that I've seen somewhere else and I and I've stolen, copied, and and uh, and and if it's working for them, I'm going to put it put it into uh, into effect.
0: Amen, brother. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, so listeners, Mark has generously agreed to put together a little short tip sheet of how he has successfully found some of his off-market deals. So if you would like to get that tip sheet, you just go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 78. We're show number 78 today. So go ahead and go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 78, where you can just Download his great tip sheet right there. Or if you prefer, if you're on your phone and you want to get it through a text, you just text Hard Hat, all one word with no spaces, to the number 38470. That's 38470, and you text Hard Hat to that, and we will be sure to send that to you, as well as give you a link to all of our past downloads we've had awesome freebies from all of our guests the last i don't know 30 shows or so you guys should really take advantage of all this wealth of knowledge that our guests just so generously give so mark tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and um yeah what's your website and all of that
1: so yeah so um my uh, my website is www.agaperealestate.com so that's a G is in gorilla, A, P is in Peter, E is in elephant, and then realestate.com. That's my website. Uh, best phone number to reach me is 224 241 2274. Those last four things spell out cash. And, um, oh, nice. <laughs> right, yeah. and, and uh, then my email is mark, M A R K, at agape realestate.com. Okay.
0: And what does agape mean, Mark?
1: <laughs> agape is 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 a very biblical word that is God's love, God's unconditional love for us.
0: I love it. I love that you've incorporated that into your business and your website.
1: You know what's really cool is I've had more conversations uh, about about God because of that name with with all kinds of different people, whether it be uh, sellers or um, buyers, and a lot, a lot of different people. So it's great conversations.
0: And podcasters.
1: Good podcasters, (laughs) great.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you love it well, Mark. Thank you so much. And if you guys have more questions or want to learn how you can work with Mark, or I'm I'm sure there's lots of ways you can get involved with his company, or maybe even invest with you, right?
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, absolutely. That's we um, That's probably one of our biggest focuses right now. Is is um, we're finding off market deals, and we are also now um, more and more looking for private investors that would uh, that would be interested in, in uh, partnering with us. on on some of these deals and where we can create a win-win situation for everybody.
0: Fantastic. So listeners, I haven't done due diligence on Mark, but I'm pretty impressed with him so far. So of course you need to do your own due diligence before you put your money with him, but so far it looks like a pretty promising place to invest. So definitely check him out and uh, if you've got some idle money sitting around, 401k money, IRA money that, you know, you're just like, okay, got to put this to work. Um, Give Mark a call or email and see what opportunities he has available for you. So with that, thank you so much for your time, Mark. And listeners, get out there, take some action, take some of these ideas and move forward in your real estate investing ventures.